And today, this week, for our message, I'd like to begin with an image that is going to go up here as I read through today's passage. So if you want to turn with me to Luke chapter 2, verses 21 to 35. But this painting here was done by a man called Fra Angelico in the 1440s. And he was an Italian painter, and this particular piece was painted as a fresco, which I learnt this week meant a, one of the paintings that's painted directly onto the walls or the ceiling. So say, like the pictures in the Sistine Chapel, they're frescoes. Um, but this one is painted at the Dominican convent of St. Mark in Florence. And this piece is named Presentation at the Temple. And it depicts the events of this passage that we are about to read from Luke. So starting at verse 21. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel before he was even conceived. Then it was time for the purification offering as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be de dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed, him, blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. In this image, we see Mary and Joseph standing alongside Simeon as he holds the infant Jesus and he praises God for him. We see Mary closest to him and we see jo Joseph standing next, holding a basket that contains the offering, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And this is where we wait today in the temple at Jerusalem with Mary and Joseph as they dedicate their boy to the Lord, and with Simeon, who has waited his whole life to meet this Messiah. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for these stories of the birth of your son. We thank you for the gift of your son at this time. And we pray, Lord, that you will be speaking to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So Mary and Joseph, as was required of them by the law, they circumcise their son on the eighth day, and then on the next they take him with them into the temple at Jerusalem so that they may present the purification offering necessary for a woman after she has given birth and also to dedicate their son to the Lord. Luke tells us that they took what was required of them, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And we can read about what the law required for this purification offering following childbirth in Leviticus 12, which interestingly notes that a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons could be given as the offering only in the event that the couple could not afford a lamb. So Mary and Joseph obviously could not afford a lamb. But there they were, nonetheless, at the temple, with Jesus in hand and with birds in the other, and they were on their way to the priest who would present their sacrifice to the Lord so that Mary could be purified. And then along their way, they bump into this old man. They've never met him before, Simeon. And we're not told much about Simeon in terms of his personal life, other than the fact that he was old and very devoted to God, and that the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Messiah. Luke describes him as eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. And it just so happened that on this particular day, the very same day where Mary and Joseph are going to present Jesus at the temple, Simeon was led by the Holy Spirit into the temple at Jerusalem also. And now, as I said, we don't know a lot about Simeon. We don't know what he was thinking that day when he received that prompting from the Holy Spirit. You know, we don't know if he excitedly put his sandals on and said, oh boy, I bet this is going to be it. Or maybe, maybe it was nothing out of the ordinary for him. Maybe the temple was where he spent a lot of his days, and so it was nothing more than a regular Thursday, or whatever day it might have happened to be. What we are told is, so when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, Simeon was there, and he took the baby in his arms and praised God. Simeon had been waiting for the Messiah for all of his life, he had been told that he wouldn't die until he had seen him, until he had laid his eyes upon him, the Messiah that would rescue Israel. And so when a young family passing through the temple courts caught his eye, a teenage mother carrying an infant, a father carrying the poor family's offering, you'd think he might have taken a moment to register and you wouldn't blame him for taking a moment. But Simeon didn't. When Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and he praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. He is the glory of your people, Israel. Simeon just seemed to know. He knew when he saw that young family making their way through the temple, baby in hand, birds in the other, that they weren't just any young family. 
That baby wasn't just any baby. That was the promised Messiah. The one Simeon had been waiting for. The one come to rescue Israel. And it doesn't make sense at all that a king would come, that a saviour would arrive in the arms of a young mother, purified by two birds from the hands of a poor father. It doesn't make sense that a king, a saviour, a messiah, a rescuer, would arrive so humbly, so helplessly, so quietly. But there he was. There was no fanfare. Only a gentle nudge of the Spirit was the only indication given that this Messiah had arrived. It was the only indication given to an old man who had been waiting years upon years. And when he received his King, his Saviour, his Messiah, his Rescuer, into his arms, he praised God in heaven for the salvation and the light that he knew he held. Upon Simeon's exclamations, Luke says that Jesus' parents were amazed. And I mean, they already knew. They had already been told that this baby that Mary was carrying would be very great, that he would be the son of the Most High, that he would reign over Israel forever. But to hear it again declared over their baby boy there in the temple by a man they had never met before. Mary and Joseph were amazed. Simeon then turns his attention solely to Mary as he blesses the parents and then says to her, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. In contrast to what Simeon had just spoken, which was very delightful and affirming, these words he addresses to Mary bring a sobering tone to the scene. This infant boy, Mary's own son, was the rescuer of Israel, but in the role of rescuer, he would pay a price. Jesus himself would pay the price. Though through him, many would recognize God and they would rise before him, still many others would fall and would face strong, and he would face strong opposition. His very being would reveal the deepest thoughts of many hearts. And for Mary, a sword would pierce her soul. Not only does Simeon in this scene recognize the fulfillment of an ancient promise in the young baby that he holds in his arms, he also sees far into the future, prophesying a foretaste of what is to come for this boy in the events of the cross. Events that his mother would be witness to. Events that would, like a sword, pierce her very soul. I found this week a poem written by T.S. Eliot in 1928, not long after his conversion to Catholicism. And this poem is called A Song for Simeon, and it goes like this. 
Lord, the Roman hyacinths are in blooming in bowls, and the winter sun creeps by the snow hills. The stubborn season has made stand. My life is light, waiting for the death wind, like a feather on the back of my hand. Dust and sunlight and memory in corners. Wait for the wind that chills towards the dead land. Grant us thy peace. I have walked many years in this city, kept faith and fast, provided for the poor, have taken and given honour and ease. There never went any rejected from my door. Who shall remember my house? Where shall my children's children live? When the time of sorrow comes, they will take to the goat's path and the fox's home, fleeing from the foreign faces and foreign swords. Before the time of cords and scourges and lamentation, grant us thy peace. Before the stations of the mountain of desolation, before the certain hour of maternal sorrow, now at this birth, season of decease, let the infant, the still, unspeaking and unspoken word, grant Israel's consolation to the one who has 80 years and no tomorrow. According to thy word, they shall praise thee and suffer in every generation with glory and derision, light upon light, mounting the saint's stair. Not for me the martyrdom, the ecstasy of thought and prayer. Not for me the ultimate vision. Grant me thy peace. And a sword shall pierce thy heart, thine also. I am tired with my own life and the lives of those after me. I am dying in my own death and the deaths of those after me. Let thy servant depart, having seen thy salvation. Simeon took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation. Holding in his arms a promise fulfilled, this is the song of Simeon. We aren't told how old Simeon was. We aren't told how many years he had been waiting for the Messiah. We aren't told how many had come and gone in that time, claiming to be the rescuer when they weren't. I like how this poem captures some Simeon's longing for this moment. It captures his faith in God's promise that he would meet the Messiah, that he would lay eyes on his rescuer. And it captures his exhale when the moment arrives, the sigh of peace from a man who knows that his God is good and faithful to his word. But the poem also captures the finality of Simeon's encounter that signaled the end of his waiting, the fulfillment of God's promise to him and indicated that his time on earth was done. Grant me thy peace were the words T.S. Eliot gave for Simeon. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace.
So what are you waiting for? It could be anything in this season. What are you waiting for? Maybe you already know the exact look, the exact sound, the exact feel, the exact smell, the exact taste of what you're waiting for. Maybe you could draw it for me if I asked or write pages describing what it would be. Maybe you see it in your mind with perfect clarity. Or maybe you have no idea what you're waiting for is going to look like, sound like, feel like, smell like, taste like. Maybe you just know it's coming, that something is coming, and you're just waiting. What is it that you're waiting for? Simeon, he was waiting on the Messiah, the rescuer of Israel. And when he arrived, Simeon recognized him, and he took him into his arms and praised God for the incredible gift of salvation that had come. I still wonder if Simeon knew exactly what to expect that day, that he felt prompted to go to the temple. And I still wonder if he knew, in that precise moment he laid eyes on that family, that they were the ones he was looking for. Baby in hand, birds in the other. But I certainly don't get the impression that Simeon needed to know exactly what to look for, to listen for, to taste for, to smell for, to feel for. I get the impression that he lived his life in quiet trust or in confident expectation of what God had promised to him. And with the words of the prophet Isaiah in his heart, maybe he wasn't at all surprised when he laid his eyes on a baby, the baby Jesus, the king, the saviour, the messiah, the rescuer of Israel. So what is it that you're waiting for? Whether you know specifically what it will be, think you know specifically what it will be, or whether you don't know the details at all, God's word to you today is that whatever it is you are waiting for, he will be your peace, and he will grant you peace, both now and in the time to come. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your peace. We thank you for your gift of the Prince of Peace arriving in your Son, Jesus. Lord God, in this Advent season, in the season where we're waiting for something, in all seasons of life when we're waiting for something, would you be our peace? Would you remind us that you are our peace? And as we wait, Lord, will we keep our eyes focused on you? Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Almighty God, Prince of Peace. Be with us as we wait, we pray. Amen.